Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. All right, we're continuing the conversation as we round out the day and as we prepare and look forward to President Joe Biden speaking to the nation from Philadelphia and uh, an address that I think will feature the word extreme uh, as the if you're doing a word cloud or a bubble cloud of uh, the dominant words of the speech, it will be extreme. That will be it, followed by M-A-G-A acronym MAGA. Uh, those will be the two featured things of the night. And I think the president's missing it on that point. I wish the president were here today uh, listening to all of you uh, because your vision and what you've shared so far, we're going to share a couple more. Let's go back to another uh, listener uh, and their view on what is the soul of the nation. Hello, Boyd. My name is Marianne. I believe the heart and soul of America is found in the greatest generation. They fought in World War II. They came home. They uh, put on a blue collar or a white collar, and they built America, and thus crafted American pride, something that we all participate in today. We owe them a great deal of debt. Thank you, Boyd, for this opportunity. All right, let's go to one more uh, listener. Let's sneak this in. Uh, Soul of the Nation. I feel the soul of our nation is brotherhood, unity, love and respect for one another, being the leaders of the world. That's about it. All right. We appreciate all you weighing in and all of our friends weighing in on the soul of the nation. That is the title of the president's speech tonight. And sadly, I don't think the president's going to get to the soul of the nation tonight. I think it's going to be much more divisive language then it will be uniting and aspirational uh, because I think they're focused on the on the politics uh, rather than the principles that unite the nation and call on our, our better angels. And so we're going to watch that really closely. And, and I uh, mentioned earlier in the program that I thought it was most interesting that President Biden chose uh, Philadelphia as the backdrop for this very unique primetime speech to the country. Uh, we all know the history of Philadelphia, and I want to take it back just a little bit further because I think I think the president's speech is actually not designed for Philadelphia. His speech is actually designed for Boston. And let me tell you what I mean. Uh, we've used this analogy uh, over the years, and of course we all know that back in 1773 there were a group of Americans who had it with the King George establishment, establishment group. And so we had that little thing known as the Boston Tea Party. Uh, and the Boston Tea Party was really a protest. It was a protest against the kinds of things, the kind of government that those early colonists didn't want. 
And so they did what Americans always do. They protested. But if they'd stopped there, what we celebrate as the Boston Tea Party wouldn't even have been a footnote in history. It just would have been one more angry mob yelling at a big oppressive government. But fortunately for all of us, they didn't stop there. They marched forward. And it took them 14 years, 14 years to get from Boston, where they protested against the kinds of things that they didn't want, to actually get to Philadelphia. And where they put down in the Constitution, this is what we do want. This is what we believe in. This is the kind of government and country that we want to be a part of. And so I think as the president gets ready to speak tonight, I don't think it's the speech is designed for Philadelphia. It's not about what they're for. It's not about what the president is trying to inspire us to become. It's going to be much more Boston-centric and what we're against, what we don't want. And granted, it is important to have Boston conversations from time to time in this country, for sure. We all have to be willing to stand up and speak out and even stand alone sometimes. But it's also critical that we keep our eye really on Philadelphia and what we do want. I have long said that when you are listening to political candidates from either side of the aisle, you should listen very closely. Is it a grievance message? Are they stuck in Boston? Can all they do is rail against their opponent or rail against the other political party or rail against what is wrong? Or do they have a Philadelphia vision of what's possible and what they're for? And if you can't hear that, if you can't hear that, that's probably not the candidate you want to vote for. Really interesting. If you go back in history, uh, of course, the, the sage of Philadelphia, Benjamin Franklin, uh, was also in charge of setting up the United States postal system. And as he set that up, uh, there was an interesting way to do it. They had postal riders, of course, riding on horseback from city to city, from town to town. And there were uh, markers set up for the postal riders. So they would know how many more miles it was to Boston or how many more miles it was to this city or that town. And really interesting, there are still thousands of these markers all over the Northeast. You can actually find them. And so it would, on the front of it, it would uh, give you an indication of, you know, how many miles to the next city. But one of the most fascinating components of these markers is on the back. On the back of the marker, there was a capital M, the word to, T-O, and a capital P, and then a number. That M stood for miles. Miles two, and the P stood for Philadelphia, because Philadelphia, of course, was the place at that time. It was the soul of the nation. It was the heartbeat of the nation. And so this M2P, miles to Philadelphia, is actually a pretty good thing for all of us as citizens to be looking at as we listen to President Biden speak to the nation tonight. Will he give us some miles to Philadelphia kind of markers? Will he note, hey, we'll know we're getting closer to the heart and soul of the nation when we see this happen or when we accomplish this? Or is it going to be a divisive speech with a lot of extremes and a lot of pointing back to the grievance of Boston? 
And I think that's the test for us as a nation. If we're ever going to really embrace and own, if we're ever going to really reinforce and strengthen the soul of the nation, I'm just telling you it's not happening in Boston. It's happening in Philadelphia with a vision of what we do want, of what we are for. I think part of the soul of this nation is is not just optimism. Optimism is not just a message, it's a principle. It's it's at America at its core, its essence. It's about gratitude and cooperation and trust and hope. It's about inclusion. It's about diversity. It's not about division. It's not about anger, fear, and frustration. If we're going to find the soul of the nation, uh, we're going to have to be willing to take this long march out of Boston and what we are against. Both political parties and many political candidates across the spectrum are stuck in a grievance mentality, weaponizing words, calling the other side extreme. And when you hear that, I just want it to register in your brain, Boston. That is a Boston message. No offense to Boston, by the way. Boston's important. But if we're going to thrive, if we're going to really strengthen the soul of the nation, we have to get to Philadelphia. The president will be in Philadelphia tonight. We'll listen to his message. I hope he gives us some really strong markers of miles to the soul of the nation. And we'll talk about that tomorrow on Inside Sources and look at what can we do? What is being done? Because if we're not marching towards Philadelphia and the soul of the nation, I'm not sure it really matters where else we're marching. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for inspiring me today with your vision and view of the soul of the nation. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow on Inside Sources right here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts and do something that makes a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all-day companion for news. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.